Hey, Chandelier Room ladies. I hope you're having a wonderful day when you hear this. I want to come to you and talk to you about the second shift. So my son got in the car yesterday and um, I was picking him up uh, after work and our car is down, his car is down, my husband's truck's down. So we're um, down to one car <laughs> for all these different adults in the house. And my son says to me, have you ever heard of the second shift? And I was like, no, do you mean like working on your business after you work your nine to five? And he was like, no, he's like, it's like moms, you know, you work during the day, nine to five, and then you work a second shift or a second job when you get home, taking care of your family and everything like that. And I was like, wow, I never heard anyone call it that. And I'm like, yeah, like, and then going from knowing nothing about what he was talking about, I then proceeded to have a 15 minute monologue about it. So I want to share some of my thoughts with you about the concept of a second shift as women and um, the challenges that come along as being a working mom. So um, I know a lot of us are either working moms or we have a business or we may even be single moms. So like you're you probably even could say you have a third shift um, because you're doing double. Um, but I just want to talk to y'all about that. So I remember, um, you know, I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> the last, I think when I, my kids were little, you know, it's a lot because they're small and, you know, they're just busy. So you have to keep your hands on them a little more dependent on you. And then there's this sweet spot where you're like, okay, they're not so dependent, but now they got things to do. And you always think it's going to become less things to do as they get older but it's actually for me it was more uh, so again we were down to one car um and everyone had to be at the same place um this different places i'm sorry at the same time so there was a, a level of stress to that uh you have work starting at a certain time uh, pick up and drop offs and like it was crazy. It was a crazy time. So my son actually learned how to drive, even though, you know, for your mama heart, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, my baby's driving. It actually was a blessing because I don't have to run around so much. I mean, there were days like this year when I would start driving at three o'clock and wouldn't stop till eight. Like I was constantly pick up, drop off here, there, there. It was crazy. Um, and not to complain, but that is the concept of the second shift. So um, if you're married, you'll find that your husband is there. He does help, you know, most of the time, but there's certain things that is a mama thing to do and certain things you're just naturally more inclined to do. And so I'm not a feminist, but when I saw this, I really had to speak on it because I remember, um, this second shift concept being a little bit distorted for me as a single mom and not knowing God the way I needed to not knowing him and not knowing who I was. And so the second shift was really, um, hard for me. And it was really, it was distorted more than it needed to be. So I want to talk to you about that. So um, um, when I was a single mom, I was a single mom of one and I was in full-fledged university. I was at Loyola University of Chicago. It's private Catholic university. I'm not Catholic. I didn't really know what Catholic was. I just knew it was a school in my city that was really good, got accepted and went. Um, and in the middle of my college years, I got pregnant with my first son. And so um, it was just this point of pride in me that I had to finish, like I had something to prove. Um, I got an advice, you know, to go get a real job and, you know, give up school, the school dream. And that was, I mean, I'm very, in, in those days, I was very suggestive, but I just knew that wasn't for me. I knew that 
um, where I currently was with my job and my income, like if that was going to be the cap, I was going to be in trouble. Um, so I kept going and I went on to have my second son. And right after I had him, I had him in like June. And then I went back to school in uh, August for a master's degree. So I, I really did the second shift quite a bit, not only work, but going to school. And it was really challenging. Now, looking back, I can say that I'm proud, quote unquote, that I did that, that I didn't give up, that I still achieved those goals. But at the same time, I can remember the chatter that was in my mind um, that was really making me feel really bitter about the situation. So because I was a single mom, their dad, again, he's a great guy. He was in the picture, but there's just things that mom's going to do that dad's not going to do. So where I would say something absolutely has to be done because this is when it needs to be done. Like, say, um, the kids need to go to the dentist on Wednesday afternoon, like in the middle of a school week. And for me, I'm like, okay, I got to get the day off. I got to get here, got to get there. And others who, so to speak, would be like, well, I'll see. And so for me, that was really infuriating me. The concept of I'll see versus my, I got to do it because these are my kids, whether about their dental health, like, you know what I'm saying? So for me, I really feel like the second shift was a little bit distorted and I didn't know God. And so I started to have this internal conflict and turmoil. And really what it was, you guys, was setting up for bitterness. Because instead of just doing what I did every day and knowing I love my kids and it had to be done, there was another voice in my head when things got really difficult or when I had to do things that didn't seem fair or things that I didn't enjoy doing. Um, and I had to do them alone without help. I found this inner turmoil and it was lies of the enemy. So things I was hearing was like, you have to do this all by yourself. You know, he got off scot-free, you know, you brought, you know, all of this is happening to you and it's not fair. And then it even started to try to turn me against my own children, you guys. And so, you know, not liking, quote unquote, your baby daddy or whatever is one thing. But then having resentment towards your own children, that was the next step. And I, I was like, OK, so that was something I remembered. And it wasn't until I really uh, got saved and started to know God and his voice that I knew that wasn't his voice, of course. But it wasn't even my voice. It was the voice of the enemy, like really playing up um, this second shift, this this work after work. And so I wanted to talk to y'all about that. Now, that was my background. Now I know um, when those lies are coming, when that that inner turmoil, that inner clamor is going on, that God wouldn't say that to me. And it could be something I'm thinking, but the way it was coming was definitely not of God. It was definitely demonic. It was definitely like a stronghold in the way I was thinking. It was like, okay, um, you know, you guys, like as a single mom, you do so much and you think at some point there's a resting point, but there isn't like you are working until midnight, like until the kids, like you can get them to bed. So that brings me to the positive part of this is that you have to have a routine. For me, I did not have a routine. In the days when I could get ahead, it made it so much better. But for the most part, I did not have a routine. So I'm not telling you any of this because I got it right. I'm trying to tell you what I did wrong so that you can learn from it. So number one is you have to have a relationship with God. 
Because if you don't, you are open and susceptible to all of the enemy's attacks and ploys. Can I tell you that when I was a single mom, and this just coincided with um, me not being saved, I straight up lived how I wanted, and the enemy was ransacking my house. Like I never had enough money. Uh, cars were always breaking down. Transportation was really hard, even on the bus. Like you got two little kids on the bus. Like people really and like I love Chicago, but people treated me like a leper for having two children on the bus. And um, then I got a car and the car broke down or I didn't want to get a note because I knew it was too expensive. Like, but that was a stronghold I had that a car note was too expensive. Like, it was crazy, um, you know, getting jobs and getting hired, but not really being able to work the job once you finally got it because you're like, OK, I have two kids. This job's on the other side of the city and they have to be in school and they also get out at two o'clock. Like, how do we make that work? And I didn't really have the support system um, that I needed, even though my family was very great. They just it wasn't possible for them to make all those moves for me. So I can tell you that. And words to the wise, young ladies, if you have not, if you're not married, you know, take care of yourself and don't give yourself away um, because number one, you're precious and you should give yourself to someone who is completely devoted to you in marriage. And that's the way God wanted it. Because if you should have a blessing of a child, you want it to be a blessing. The Bible said the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. So God does give us beauty for ashes. He did that for me. He said, okay, well, you did your own thing and you have these children, but I'm going to give you a blessing out of something that you really did wrong, which was, you know, sleeping with someone before I was married. But if you would do it God's way, you'll find that it'll be blessing and not curse. So a child is a blessing and you'll have someone to help you. Even if there are hard times, if your relationship, if you're married and your relationship is built on God, like you at least are trying together, it's going to be so much easier than you having a child by yourself and not knowing if he's fully committed. It's a whole lot of extra that you really don't have to go through. So I will say, number one, the way we can work on this, if you have not had children or you're not married yet, you can see this and learn from this and you don't have to go through the stress that is the second shift. Now, if you are a mama and you're single mama, that's okay. I did that. God still blessed me. He still he still loves me. We're not less than anybody else because we did it the, a different way or quote unquote, not his way. He still loves us and he's still like, okay, I wiped that clean. We're new. But number one, give your first fruits. So the Bible talks about you know, his children giving him the best of what they have the first. So it's just like giving, um, it's like having a really delicious meal. You know, if you want someone that you love to try it, you don't wait until you got your last bite. Like here, this is what's left. Try it. And they're like, you know, put your mouth on that. And it's stale and cold now. No, you give them the first because you love them and you want them to, you don't want to honor them with the first. So that's the same thing about God. He wants us to give us the first fruit. The Bible also talks about that with our money, our tithing. We're supposed to give him the first 10. Now, people will debate that or not, but we can leave that alone. But even your heart and your day, like the beginning and the first part, the best part of you should go to him. 
And so for me, that's a challenge. But can I tell you that the days when I get that done and I just really spend time with him and read his word and I listen to worship and I pray and I, you know, sing to him, like like my days are so beautiful because I'm filled with his spirit. So I don't go dry, not empty. I'm not super stressed like the days are the same but they don't feel the same because i have a spirit filled up inside me if you're born again of course his spirit is inside you but it's different from being filled every single day we're almost like a pot we filled up with water and as you go through the day stress stuff happens you know your car won't start or somebody at work got on your nerves or your kid um my kids used to throw up whenever they ate red food coloring, my oldest. So I would forget or the family would forget and he would have like Hawaiian punch and then he'd be in the car. He would look funny. He would have little bumps and then he would throw up all this red everything all over the car seat right after work. The second shift. It was the second shift. So, um, yeah. So the thing is, what I meant to say was, as you go through your day, if you're filled up with the Lord first, then as you ooze out and everything, you know, you, you'll have enough for the day. But if you start on an empty tank and you keep going, you're going to have a crappy day and nothing's going to go right. And you're going to be like, man, now some days you have grace. Like some days I can't get it done. And I'm like, Lord, forgive me. He's like, I got you, girl. But I have a, I need to have a tendency and a habit to give him the first fruits of myself and my day. And it just makes everything better because he's, he prepares you for your day. So that's number one. Number two, I'm not preaching y'all because I know this stuff. I'm preaching to you because this is what ended up working once I got my act together. And I still don't have it fully together, but this is what I know works. And this is what I am trying to do. So number two is order and like an organization, like a routine. So as much as we think our kids want to be footloose and fancy free, they actually love a routine because it makes them feel safe. Sorry, my sister's big dog is walking in if you hear the clicky clacks. It makes them feel safe. It makes them feel um, at home. They know what to expect. It's very reassuring for them. And then for us, it's good to have a, um, a, a this type of routine because then we can plan. So any way you can do anything that's like a routine, um, it really helps. So if you say, okay, bedtime is at 8, then you can back it out and say, okay, the kids get out of school at 2.33. Then from there we have... Um, time to just chill to like four. Um, and then maybe at that time you're starting to prep meals or you're thinking about it. Or even if you got to go through and get a um, rotisserie chicken and some sides, like you do what you got to do. But it gives you time. Then, okay, at six, we're doing a little homework. By seven, we're winding down bath time, eight in bed. So it's like, it's all, it's all about how you can do things. Some people's schedules are different. If you have help, that's even better. But the, the routine, the schedule is so good. So if you have like, I don't know about y'all, but we go through so much laundry in this house. And it's the one thing that is always being washed, but never being folded. I don't know about y'all. I have a a whole um, dressing room full of like just a pile of clothes. So I need to get that together. Now, washing, I could wash every day. I pretty much, um, so I could wash every day. But what I'm finding is the folding doesn't happen. So there needs to be a folding day. Um, or just like I'm, I'm just washing on one day and just making that the day I wash and fold. Like you can do that. If you have little girls, Saturday might be the hair day. Um, you might do some meal prepping on Saturday. However, you can kind of make it work. Just 
any kind of organization or routine makes your day a whole lot better. Um, it'll make things easier so that you're not working from scratch every day after work. Or even if you're a stay-at-home mom, you still like you have a second shift, but it's just one super long shift because you know that's just how it is. Um, so then, I think I touched on this a little bit ago, but you want to ask for help. So there's some things that you can do and only you can do what you just prefer to do. And then there's certain things that you just have to ask for help. And it's okay. It's a humbling experience. It's hard sometimes because you may ask for help and get a no. You may ask for help and get an attitude. You may ask for help and um, people are too busy or they don't make you feel that good. You know, you want to, I'm just praying that you have a support system and you might have to ask. So I found when I lived in San Diego, I moved out there and I'll be really transparent. I moved out there with this guy that I was dating at the time and things went south. And so it was just me and the kids. And what was crazy was that I went from being, having the second shift um, with a guy who really couldn't contribute much, honestly, but um, I went completely second shift alone. And what was crazy was that I had to try to go from, you know, work, the kids need to be dropped off on my lunch. So I take a really late lunch and I would take my kids to the public library and have them like read books and be in like after school things and stuff like that. Um, but it was exhausting. Like I had to my whole lunch break was driving back and forth. Like if I didn't bring lunch, I wasn't going to eat. I had to get right back. And then we had meetings. I had to be on meetings in the car. Like it was, it was really, really interesting, but uh, I'm just thankful because the job had grace for me to do that. And my kids were fine. But what I didn't do was ask for help. Now I was in the city where I didn't know anyone, but I'll never forget. I said, okay, well I have to go back home. Now I love San Diego, you know, um, but I decided, you know, it's probably best for me to go home. And what was crazy was as soon as I told the teachers that, they were like, wait, why didn't you say something? We had after school programs. And I was like, I asked and they were maxed out. Like they didn't have any more spaces and they were paid. I didn't even know if I could afford them. And they were like, you should have asked. We could have made an exception. And I'm like, wow. So you have not because you asked not the Bible says. Sometimes we just don't know. We don't ask. But if you ask and just see who you can share maybe your situation with. This isn't the first time they've heard of it. You don't have to be ashamed. You know, put pride aside and ask for help because you never know who can help you. So then the other part of asking for help is that your kids, your kids can do some things. I found a chart online that showed at what age kids could actually start helping and what they can do. And it was so cool because I'm looking like, wow. You know, so my kids are... 14 and 18 and so they can pretty much do anything I can do and any cooking and stuff like that they probably just need a little bit you know you need a recipe um and my little one he actually loves to cook so the thing is is that at every age we want to start instilling our kids with little responsibilities that helps in their development and their growth but it also helps you because while you're picking up toys and you know um Lego blocks and stuff like that, you could be doing something else. And so it also gives them that sense of responsibility. So if you have little ones, um, ask them to help. If you have middle schoolers and high schoolers, like they can do a lot more than you think. And um, I have, I had a lot of mom guilt around that. And I'm still like, they do, my kids do a lot. So I'm still not using them to their fullest potential, if you will. But we really don't do them any favors when we just let them hang out and we, you know, so it's up to you. You know what your kids can take on. You know what their workload is like, their schoolwork. So um, 
So that's the thing. If you don't ask, you don't receive. And there's certain things that the kids can do. Um, even meals that are like really easy to make, like oatmeal or my kids are really boss at making eggs and breakfast sandwiches and things like that. Um, cereal, fruit, you know, having those really accessible things, all that will do it. And and I just I just want to just give you one last piece of love is that you can't do it all. Okay, so no matter how great we got it, no matter how many routines and plans we have and systems, we cannot do it all. There will be days when you go to bed with the kitchen sink full of dishes. And there'll be days when you send your kids to school and the pants are wrinkled. There'll be days when you straight up forget the dental appointment. And there'll be days when you pick up the kids late from school and the office is looking at you crazy. But can I just assure you that that is not who you are. You're doing the best you can. Get your rest. Take care of you. You may have to find some people that you can trust. Of course, don't just leave your children with anybody, but someone you can trust. Um, you might even need to take a PTO day while the kids are in school and get your hair and nails done. Like You have to take care of yourself and lose the mom guilt because honestly, we do so much and you cannot walk around that way because it's really not good for you. And it starts to um, skew the way you parent when you have guilt. So if little Timmy jumps off, jumps out the window of the house, you know you should punish him and he should have a stern talking to have his games taken. But sometimes when you have mom guilt, you won't do what needs to be done because you feel guilty for being a single mom or not being being late to pick him up or not having dinner ready. So I just want to let you know. That you can't do it all. There's some days when, you know, you will just fail. And failure is all a part of success. But I can tell you this. At the end of the day, it's so rewarding. When you see your kids and you know they're great kids, you know you've done your best. When they start having these milestones, like getting good grades, and they start picking out um, colleges, you know, if it, <laughs> let's not skip ahead. But, you know, band re- rehearsals, like school plays, and you're looking at your children, and you know you've invested in them. And you know that you've given them your best. And at the end of the day, you know you've given it all. And you've done your best. There's nothing more rewarding. So I just want to encourage you ladies who are in the second shift to do your best. You always give 100%, but also give yourself some grace because God does every day. The word says his mercies are new every morning and you can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy and love and grace in your time of need. So be encouraged if you're working the second shift. I am too. And um, just encourage a friend, share this with a friend and um, I'll talk to y'all next time. Bye.